Welcome to Sundays at Cafe Tabac, the podcast. Hi, I'm Wanda Acosta. Hi, I'm Karen Song. This podcast series is an extension of our film's mission to affirm and extol the courage, vision, strength, and joy in our LGBTQ community through the preservation and sharing of our personal stories and the collective histories we live through and change. In this podcast, the first of a two-part series, we are pleased to feature Tara Rodriguez Besosa, who shares her coming out story with us. Born, raised, and based in Puerto Rico, she works at the powerful intersection of queer community and food sovereignty, often sharing how queer and agroecological practices are essential for the transition from extractive to regenerative food systems, as well as collective models and shared resources that empower those who grow, cook, and work towards decolonized bodies and lands. She is the co-founder of projects ranging from a DIY architect-run gallery in Brooklyn and to El Departamento de la Comida in Puerto Rico to arts venues like El Local en Sal Dulce and a collective queer land project, Otra Cosa. This podcast was recorded at the Newsstand Studio at One Rockefeller Plaza in New York City. Now here is Tara Rodriguez Besosa's Coming Out Story. My name is Tara Rodriguez Besosa. Uh, I use both my father and mother's last names. I am born and raised in Puerto Rico. I am 37 years old. My pronouns are she, her, they, them, or as we say in Spanish, ellex or elle. I am a bunch of different things. I consider myself a little bit of a toolbox and 10-year-old child just the systems that we are creating uh, in this new world um, as alternatives to a lot of just obsolete and old and misogynist and industrial food systems. And I uh, live on a farm half of the time. Uh, it's a queer land project called in Spanish Otra Cosa, which translates in English into something else. This is literally our interpretation experiment of what a queer family farm looks like. Um, so I'm very glad to be here. And yeah, so coming out story. I was thinking about this and I automatically told Wanda like, oh yeah, sure, of course I'll share my coming out story. And then I thought to myself, well, I don't really know if I have an, a very specific coming out story towards the world. I was luckily brought up by two very open, very bohemian parents. I thank them for so much of my upbringing. My godmother is one of the iconic lesbians in Puerto Rico. My sister's godfather is a very well-known gay painter, also from Puerto Rico. And so we were brought up between a lot of lesbian, gay aunties, uncles, etc. growing up. And we're pretty much, you know, explained what gender and sexuality was from a very young age. My parents were very open and we grew up in a very beautiful setup on the beach, mostly naked and hanging out with a whole bunch of different people. So my coming out story that I wanted to share today has to do with my abuela, my grandmother, because I think this is something that at least in Puerto Rico and in the Latin community, 
sometimes it's harder to come out to your elders than it is to your parents. And that is definitely the case uh, with my experience. I grew up in San Juan. Uh, I was born in 83, so I'm obviously just one person in their experience in Puerto Rico. I think the Latin community definitely, uh, with Catholicism amongst other things, is very traditional. Family is very important, not to the extreme that I think other cultures are. My family was very close. There has always been a major difference between one generation and the other. So I was the eldest daughter of my grandmother's youngest daughter, who my mom was not the typical, you know, perfect daughter for my grandmother. My mom was a rebel. My mom was a hippie. She never finished college. She didn't do anything of what her parents wanted her to do. She never got a professional degree. And so I think my mother for my grandmother was somebody that my grandmother always had these other expectations for. And then we're her daughters. And we grew up very smart, uh, very educated, thanks to you know my grandmother in many aspects for supporting my mother financially, right? And so I knew that she was very important and that she had participated in our own education. And so for me, I wanted to be respectful of that. And I also knew that I was the daughter of the daughter that was most difficult for her. Thinking about my own education, I was brought up in private Catholic high school in Miramar and in an area of San Juan, pretty like well-off, upper middle class. Um, I think my parents, my mom was one of the few working class, like <laughs> mothers that worked, period, to begin with. And it's very interesting because not only because of being a private Catholic school, you know, I can tell you about like how sex education worked in there and how there was that typical home economics class and a lot of things that now I realize were really bizarre. Um, but the whole situation around being queer, or being gay, or identifying other than the typical heteronormative family was actually seen almost as a threat to that class, that economic social class. Um, because through these families is where you find power and connection and society and all of that. And so a lot of my experience being in Catholic school and queerness, it just was a little bit of another social circle, I would say. I had it in my own home with my parents and their friends because my parents weren't that close to other parents in my school, thank goodness. But it wasn't something, you know, when you went to school, um, you could definitely tell that it was much more taboo. So the more money you had, the harder it probably was. And so I'm also very grateful that I was in that school, got a great education, but I didn't belong in that whole social system of high-class Puerto Ricans. And it allowed us much more freedom 
to be able to live a different life. And now looking back, there's only two out of a hundred people from my graduating class that I think were openly queer, two lesbians. I don't think that two out of a hundred is the right... Isn't it more like one out of every two or... (laughs) So yeah, I guess there's still a lot of out of the closet stories that haven't happened. So I always, uh, since a very young age, was like an elder. And I always used to hang out with my grandmother a lot. And we used to get along very well, even though my grandmother and mother butt heads a lot. Um, So for me to have to give my grandma some news that she might not like was something that I was very cautious about. Not so much for repercussions of what she would do or what she would say, but more about how she would feel. For me, she's a very important person in my life. And I have always been very respectful of who she is, what she thinks and not try and push somebody who comes from a completely different upbringing into understanding queerness and and, and race and gender and everything that has happened. My mother's mother, Gloria, uh, who was born in 1929, retired in Kendall, uh, Florida. Uh, My grandmother was married a virgin at 19 years old. And how can I say this? Had a pretty interesting couple of marriages, but the typical Latino, hetero situation, kids. At the same time, she was one of the first women to get divorced and she raised two daughters and she worked at a hotel. So there are some parts of her that were pretty modern for her time. But a lot of things have changed from you know, her moment in life and and this moment right now, I want to be very respectful that I'm younger and she's my elder and that I have a lot to learn from her. And so for me, it was a subject of, I don't want to give my grandma a heart attack at 93. Um, she lost her daughter, who is my mother. And so technically, my sister and I are her daughter-granddaughter situation, and I didn't want to get her upset. She's a Scorpio, which anybody who follows astrology, they got that little sting in the back of their tail. And I know my grandma. And when she gets upset, it takes a whole village to get her back into not being upset. So I just kind of leaned back for a few years and allowed it to just slide. I never really got out of a closet. I just one day realized that I liked this woman that I had liked woman for a while. I just hadn't noticed for some reason. And then all the dots connected, as I'm sure a lot of people go through. Like, oh, the teacher crush. Right, right. Get it. Oh, right. That best friend. Get it. So I really just felt like I was going into a new world. And I was thinking about this last night. Like, was I coming out of the closet or was I coming into a really interesting closet? But definitely when it comes to coming out to the rest of my family, she was the one person that I didn't come out to technically for, I would say, a good 10 years. And it started to get very aggravating. Uh, She's my closest grandparent. So in the beginning, 
I would invite her to my house where I lived with my partner and she would just get confused and think that my room was the guest room. Sometimes to be polite, we would not correct her. We were sharing a car. It was obvious that uh, this woman and I were living together, working together, sharing dogs and cats. My grandma just didn't seem to get it. And I kind of just let it pass. But when I started getting into my 30s, my family started asking me, have you had this conversation? Does Abuela know that you're gay? And I was like, I'm actually not sure if she knows. So it wasn't until 2020 or 2019, I uh, was dating somebody for a while, younger than I was. I was... 36, 35 years old at that point, and was a little bit over the fact that I hadn't brought up the courage to be very direct with my grandmother. I had tried on other occasions prior. I remember taking her out one night to margaritas and Mexican dinner, and I was very prepared. And I asked her to come to dinner. I had something very important to tell her. And I start crying, like tears start coming down my face. And I'm on my second margarita and so is she. And I'm like, Grandma, I really need to tell you something. And she goes like, no, 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 no. I really need to tell you something. (laughs) And completely stopped that conversation and then had another margarita and then said she was too tired. And so... That's just an example of the few times that I tried to come out to my grandmother. My family, being Puerto Rican, started playing jokes on us, uh, specifically on me, when uh, famous singer Ricky Martin came out and then wrote a book about it. Yay. (laughs) They bought her the book (laughs) and sent it to her as a Christmas gift, of course, signed by Tara. And things like that that my family would do to support in some way or jumpstart the coming out um, to Gloria. And she would tell me all about the book, how, wow, Ricky is gay, which is a big deal for all abuelas in Puerto Rico. Ricky and I have very little in common, (laughs) but I tried to use Ricky Martin as my, uh, you know, stepping stone towards coming out and it just didn't work. I would present to her all of my partners and girlfriends for a good 15 years. She never really got it. My grandma loves white wine and also has a little bit of a blackout after a couple of glasses. So she and I always share wine. And she would always have her second glass and then ask me about my last male partner, Serban, who's my bro. He's my brother. He's my best friend. He was my lover for about three or four years, a long time ago. And when she gets a little tipsy, she then is like, oh, where's Serban? How is he? Um, what happened between you guys? You looked so good together. I thought you were going to be together for longer. And so those were the indicators of just, I don't think you understand that the person next to me while you're asking me is my partner. <laughs> so she would definitely go back into the last straight moment that she saw of mine 
and try to eliminate all the years that have happened since. So that kind of derailed me at some point. So as the years, you know, go by, I just thought maybe my grandmother really just doesn't know. She mentions this ex-boyfriend from like a long, long time ago in front of people that I'm seeing and it's very embarrassing. She would try and ask about boyfriends here and there. So I always thought that it was because she thought I was straight and just hadn't found the right boyfriend. Last year or so, I was with this younger partner and just one day... My grandmother calls me and I'm like, hey, Abuela, how's it going? And she tells me how excited she is to come to Puerto Rico and Christmas because that's what Abuelas do. And I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to be in Puerto Rico this Christmas. She responded like, why would you not be in Puerto Rico for Christmas? Because that's where all the pork is. That's where all the parties are, the pitorro. And you know that I'm coming And I told her, well, yeah, I I think I'm going to go visit the person that I'm seeing who lives in New York to try and, of course, Tara, be very diplomatic. And she says, but didn't you just go there in Thanksgiving? (laughs) I was like, yes, I went in Thanksgiving. And now I'm going to go again. And my grandmother was really upset about the fact that I wasn't going to stay in PR. Um, That was the main reason why she was continuing this conversation in the first place. She did not understand why I was going to New York. And I told her, well, Grandma, sometimes it's not just the celebration, it's the company. I really want to see this person. And she automatically just said, what is her name? And after 15 years or so, my grandma just on the phone one day is like, what's her name? I went through my mother's, you know cancer illness and death. And I remember joking with my mom, you know, on her deathbed, like, please, can you help me come out to Abuela? (laughs) And my mom, you know, joking back, like, no, that's your job. Um, The rest of the story after that goes into me explaining who this person is, and then her not understanding that somebody could be from New York. She's like, what do you mean she's from New York? And I'm like, she's from New York. Her family's from New York. And she's like, but where in New York? And I'm like, well, Harlem, the Bronx. And then she's like, okay, so she's New Yorican. And I was like, no, grandma, she's not Puerto Rican at all. She's like, what do you mean she's not Puerto Rican? (laughs) And so that was a whole other conversation about dating somebody that wasn't Puerto Rican or New Yorican. My grandma did not understand that whatsoever. So she was introduced into an interracial lesbian relationship at her 90-some years over the phone. And it was great. And ever since then, she has actually opened up to me about knowing that she knew the whole time about all of my partners. I don't know if it's because she connected the dots after this coming out. Um, a couple of years ago, but she certainly acted as if she had always known and was very well aware, although <laughs> nobody else was sure. And yeah, and then she started naming all of my partners. And then she started naming people that have not been my partners, friends of mine, other women <laughs> that she's seen me with. 
And so my coming out story with my grandma uh, turned into me also having to let my friends know, let's be very clear if we're friends, if we're partners, because any woman that grandma sees me with, she is going to think is my partner um, at the moment. So Gloria is now the last person and pretty much the only person I was in the closet with. The last breakup that I just had in this last year, same person that helped me to come out to my grandmother was the first time since I had already come out to her that I was able to call my grandmother and tell her I'm heartbroken. I just broke up with my partner. And it was the best person I could ever talk to because she was, you know, just straight to the point. She really was very supportive of me because she's known me for so many years. She also would change the subject a lot. Um, you know, what she was cooking for dinner and what, where she went today to find some discount clothing because it's COVID. We're always policing her from the phone. Don't go out. Don't do this. Don't do that. So it was also interesting in a very hard moment for me to have contact with somebody that was kind of like taking me out of the subject and out of my own drowning for a while and give me a little dose that life moves on, right? So it was really beautiful to have come out to her in the past couple of years because I was able to also have my grandmother in replacement of my own mother who passed on support me during a really, really difficult time. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have had breakups in 2020 pandemic. And yeah, big breath to everybody who's gone through that in this past year. Uh, we're here, we're queer, we're happening. And yeah, that's my coming out story. <laughs> Details can be shared, but that's pretty much my coming out story. <laughs> oh, that was wonderful. That was so sweet. Very sweet. La abuelita. I love it. I love how we have to just like, we're always so afraid to, you know, tell mm -hmm. our grandparents like, you know, like they're like clueless, but they've known all along. Oh, always. <laughs> but what I really love about the story and, you know, it reminds me of the Hannah Gadsby show. I don't know if you, you've seen that one woman show. Oh, Nanette, that's wonderful. <laughs> where um, they talk about how, you know, in this case, her family was nurturing and she was raised in a very open and accepting environment in terms of being queer. But there's always that like part of you, this like kind of internalized homophobia sometimes that can kind of rear its its head in weird ways, right? And like when it yeah. really comes down to coming out to like the closest person. And the reason why I brought up Hannah Gatsby's, I don't know if she goes by she or they, but they talk about how, okay, we've all achieved this consciousness in terms of our queerness, Queer. but that doesn't mean like things change in an instant like that. Right. Like there's still so much to unravel and to kind of process and address and grow into. So the story kind of underscores that feeling that we go through. Yeah. The fear of disappointing someone we love or that loves right. us or the fear of of maybe losing right. the affection or the respect of someone that's so close. And also, as she said, she's so old. Why would I, you know, why burden her with this right. trauma when she, in fact, outed her? <laughs> right. But that we are also like still in this culture, you know, so much has changed, but still there's that, like, even to think of it as a burden, to think of it mm -hmm. as, you know, they are coming from a different tradition. So those legacies still continue and, and, um, you know, our communities and our families. And, but yeah. it's, uh, you know, really a beautiful story. And I just, 
uh, imagine how fun it must have been in her, you know, growing up years with her uncles and aunties and all the kind of family friends who are just like, you know, it just on. sounds like this <laughs> queer paradise. You and know? sending the Ricky Martin uh, book to the grandmother. Oh, Hello, knock, knock, who's there? <laughs> That was really uh, funny. It was very sweet. That was well, funny. We're really looking forward to sharing mm-hmm. with you all Tara's part two of this mm-hmm. series where we will hear so much about what she's doing today in her food sovereignty and queer uh, agro practices. It's really fascinating. Really important work. And also, again, underscores how the idea of queer spaces and creating that has to happen across the board. You know, we might think it's only on the front lines of, uh, you know, marching or, you know, very specific political arenas, but that also is connected to especially food and land issues. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine yes. a, a forum that's more connected. It's so, it's our nurturance, you know, it's so integral to our, our existence. Nurturance, how we hold space, mm-hmm. how we deal with land, how mm-hmm. we grow crops mm-hmm. and how we push that forward. Yeah, it's, it's really, really, really interesting and so necessary. Well, thank you, Tara. Yeah, t- thank you, Tara. And I can't wait to uh, share with everyone uh, the part two of this interview. Yep. And thank you to the Newsstand Studio for also making it happen. For more, subscribe to Sundays at Cafe Tabac, the podcast. You can learn more about us and our film at cafetabacfilm.com and at Cafe Tabac Film on social media. Please share your thoughts with us on our social media. And if you have a coming out story you'd like to share for a possible feature here, reach out to us. 